Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner devotees. The great Matt Geib here with you once again on a beautiful fall day. In November, the sun is shining, it's a bit cool, and yet here we are on the Kingdom Corner podcast doing one of my favorite things, sharing the Word of God with you. And on that note, we are approaching or rounding the bend to the final turn, doing the last crescendo of the book of Ephesians. We started that a little over two weeks ago, chapter six. We finished up talking about relationships. Uh, we were talking about uh, bosses and employees and parents and children and how they should relate. And now we're going to get into the real meat of uh, this chapter, verses 10 to about the end of the chapter, verse 24. And we're going to really break that down. We're really going to get into it. We started Ephesians way back in, uh, oh, 15, 16 months ago, July 31st, 2020. We've kind of jumped around in there. I explained that before in the last uh, couple of episodes, how we've jumped around. God gave me a message, and I, I shared it on here, July 31st, 2020, uh, about obliterating depression or oppression. And certainly enough, what we're going to get into now will help you with that. The armor of God. Oh, how many messages have been preached on that taught on that over the years. It's such a powerful word picture, such words of strength and power to encourage us today. And I'm titling this, Put on God's Armor and Stand, or Put on God's Armor and Fight. Put on God's Armor and Fight. I like that better. We're talking about the armor of God and, you know, last Christmas I was given a beautiful, beautiful uh, translation, New Testament translation, an expanded translation of the Greek by Kenneth Wiest, who was a scholar uh, back in the early 1900s, I believe. And uh, this is just a beautiful rendition of this verse. I think it really brings some wonderful things to light for us. And I'm going to read uh, verses 10 through 20 today. Out of, this, out of this translation, and then we're going to go back and break it down. And we'll be using what I usually key off of is the New King James Version or the King James Version to highlight those words, uh, to highlight the text. So here we go. This is a real treat for you, I believe. Finally, be constantly strengthened in the Lord and in the active efficacy of the might that is inherent in Him. Clothe yourselves with the full armor of God to the end that you will be able to hold your ground against the stratagems of the devil. Because our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the authorities, against the world rulers excuse me, of this darkness, against spirit forces of perniciousness in the heavenly places. On this account, take yourself at one at once and for all, the complete armor of God in order that you may be able to resist in the day, the pernicious day, and having achieved all things to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your loins in the spear of truth, 
having clothed yourself with the breastplate of righteousness, having sandaled your feet with a firm foundation of the good news of peace. In addition to all these things, talking to yourself, taking, I'm sorry, to yourselves, the shield of faith by means of which you will be able to quench all the fiery arrows of the pernicious one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, through the instrumentality of every prayer and supplication for need, praying at every season by means of the Spirit and maintaining a constant alertness in the same with every kind of unremitting care and supplication for all the saints. And on behalf of me, in order that there might be given me utterance in the opening of my mouth, in every fearless, confident freedom of speaking, to make known the mystery of the good news on behalf of which I am an ambassador in chains, in order that in it I may speak with every fearless and confident freedom, as it is necessary in the nature of the case for me to speak. Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. Uh, I, I want to go back in here even and break some of these beautiful words down, the renderings that Kenneth Weiss put in here for some of these um, Greek phrases, Greek words, uh, Bible phrases that we see. Finally, be constantly strengthened in the Lord and in the active efficacy of the might that is inherent in him. Isn't that a beautiful rendering of verse 10? Active efficacy. And I couldn't get that out of my mind when I was reading that and going over it. Efficacy. I looked that word up. An ability, a capacity, a power to produce a desire or intended result. And we talk about the efficacy of the blood of Christ being able to take away our sin. That's why I hear preachers use that word a lot. Be constantly strengthened in the Lord and in the active efficacy of the might that is where it's inherent in Him. It's inherent then in us as His sons and daughters. And that's where we start as soldiers and warriors of God. We have to be, we have to be uh, strengthened in the Lord and have that efficacy of the might, that ability, that capacity, that power. He gives that to every saint, to every soldier. I'm sad to say that there's many still in the day uh, in this day in the church that did not believe that we are called to be soldiers. This is a word picture, a beautiful word picture. Uh, we talked about the saints are, this, are the temple of God. We talked about other word pictures before. And this is just the final one here. We are at war. We have been given an ability, a capacity, a power to fight, to produce a desired or intended result. That is to be victorious. That's such a powerful word. And it's inherent in him. I want you to get that this morning. E efficacious means effectual and effective. And many times we think about that, like I said, when preachers talk, the blood of Christ is, is eff efficacious to cover our sin and take away our sin, right? It's the efficacious blood of Christ is able to bring healing, right? Such a powerful, powerful word picture there. And uh, like I said, sadly to say, there's many in the church. I know I've gone on a long time here. I can't emphasize it enough. You and I are at war, Christian. And that's, that's the idea of the title of this. Put on God's armor and stand and fight. Know that you are efficacious because of the might of Christ that's in him and inherently been 
put inside of you through his spirit. Uh, I just felt to preach that little word there to you this, today. It's so very important. Let's go on. I want to look at another phrase that ties in with this at the end of the passage that Paul was, um, was expounding on here. I want to go to the last few verses here, 18, 19, 20. He doesn't really break down the exact verses, but this is about where it is. And he says, um, let me see here. In order that there might be given me, this is Paul speaking, he wants them to pray for him, to supplicate for him in the Spirit. Why? In order that there might be given me utterance in the opening of my mouth, every fearless, confident freedom of speaking to make known the mystery. We've talked a lot about Paul, the Gentile apostle, being given the mysterion to, uh, of the Gospels to the Gentiles. Open up the mystery. Open up that that was shut up for the ages. Bring the Word of God to the whole world, not just the Jewish culture, that he might be fearless, confident, have freedom of speaking to make known the mysterion of the good news, on behalf of which I'm an ambassador in chain, in order, here he says it again, in order that in it I may speak with every fearless, confident freedom as it is necessary in the nature of the case for me to speak. Isn't that a wonderful prayer? That should be our prayer. God, give us, give us a fearless, confident freedom of speaking on behalf of you, of making known your good news to those that are round about me, to those in my metron, to my neighbors, to the people I work with to the people down at the supermarket, to the people at the coffee shop. That should be, uh, we should pray that prayer. Uh, make me fearless in the utterance of speaking on your behalf, opening up the mystery of what it is to know you, to know you intimately. Paul talks about that, you know, chapter 3, I believe it is, or I'm, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of Philippians, that I might know him, you know, and the power of his re resurrection, and the uh, we could say, and the efficacy of his might or of his the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. There I preached a whole message, and, and we're just on the first part, and we're reading from uh, Kenneth S. Weiss, the New Testament expanded translation. Go back and listen to that again. Um, we have been given the efficacious power and might to stand in the day of battle. And believe me, the last two years, last 18 months, we have been in a battle. I think you'd have to be under a rock to think otherwise. There are things going on in this nation that, that in, in, the, in the halls of government, in, in the medical circles all around us, that uh, are spiritual forces warring, warring against what is right. And I'm here to just encourage you to stand and put on God's armor. He's made provision for you to be efficacious in his might in the battle. Now, there you have it. We could stop there today. But let's go. Let's go into, the, into Ephesians now, chapter 6. Let's start with verse 10 and break this down. We'll go back now to the New King James Version. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Strong means in Greek to be strengthened, empowered in the Lord. This is the idea of being constantly empowered by the Lord, not just here and then 
or here and now. I think of the Old Testament. You know, Samson, the Spirit of God came upon him, and, and the other t Old Testament saints, but I think of him in particular, and he would kill all these Philistines, the enemy. You know, it would just come on him in a moment. But we have the advantage as New Covenant saints to be constantly 24-7 empowered by the Lord. Amen? Think about that. You can have the efficacious power of God upon you, the ability to speak fearlessly uh, in season and out, another place ta Paul talks about, 24-7, wherever you're at. Amen? That's what I want. 1 Corinthians 16-13 is a good cross-reference. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Well, that's good. Watch. Watch. The enemy's afoot. Stand fast. What? In the faith. Be brave and be strong. Okay? Uh, you know, in the power and strength of his might. That is, be strong in Christ's might, the Father's might, not your own strength. These things that are happening now in our, in our nation, in our world, uh, these principalities and powers that are at war, we could not go into, the, into that realm and fight in the flesh. Believe me, we want to be in Him. All right? Ephesians 1.19, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power. Way back in verse 19 of chapter 1. What is the exceeding greatness of His power? The ethics efficacy, we could say, of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. We're talking about power today. We're talking about going out with a bang. We're talking about going out in victory, the crescendo of Ephesians 6, the efficacy of his power. Talking about being constantly strengthened, constantly strengthened, strengthened because of his power and because of what the blood of Jesus Christ has done. All right, let's go on. I think I've hit that. If you listen to nothing more, you listen to the first 10 or 15 minutes, uh, that will be enough to really encourage you. Ephesians 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor. Greek means panalope. That's the way you would say that. Panalope means whole armor. The whole body armor of a Greek or Roman soldier uh, for the Christian, that would be the armor of light. It's a spiritual word picture. And you know, God gave me, uh, about the time that I first began to study this, um, again, you know, when I was going over Ephesians here, uh, I'm reminded of, uh, of, this was way back, you know, months ago, God gave me a dream. And in that dream, uh, at the foot of our bed is a um, hope chest that my wife keeps. And on that hope chest, I awoke one morning in this dream, and there was a beautiful, beautiful set of golden armor, body armor, like from Ephesians 6. I could see all the pieces, the helmet, the sword, the breastplate, all these things, the sandals, all shining in gold. And Jesus came, or God came to me and said, Son, that is your armor your new armor, you're to put it on. And as I got out of bed and I was all excited, I began to put it on. Pretty soon I was all frustrated. I was frustrated because I could not put that armor on no matter how hard I tried. And I began to get frustrated and the Lord came to me and he said, son, you're not putting that armor on in the right order. There's a certain order and way 
that you need to put it on. You can't pick up the sword of the Spirit and begin to fight the enemy if you haven't put on uh, your girdle of truth, if you haven't put on the breastplate of righteousness. You'll be taken out. You'll be wiped out by the enemy. You'll be like going out there like you're naked without any defense. You know, that's an example. And then I thought of also the example in Scripture where David had the um, unction upon him, the power of God upon him to fight Goliath. And uh, they were all kind of saying, oh, who's this shepherd boy going to fight that giant? And finally they let him, they were going to let him face that giant that everybody else was too chicken and afraid to step into the fight and fight. He said, is there not a cause in Israel? And I'd say, is there not a cause today, Christian, in this nation, in your society, in your world? Is there not a cause? Then stand and fight. Stand and put on the armor of God, the armor of God, in the proper order. Let's learn. We're going to learn about that in the next few weeks. There's so much here. There's so much here that it's going to take, I'm going to take my time with this. It's very important. Back to David and Saul. So there was Saul. He said, here, my son, David, you can put on my armor. And you know what? We all know that that armor did not fit David properly. <clears throat> he had to have God upon him in the way God wanted to be. We, we, we only have one set of armor that he's giving each of us that's going to fit us perfectly for the fight so we can stand and fight in that day, and today is the day. Put on the whole penelope, that is the armor of light. This is a beautiful passage. Romans 13, 12 to 14. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. See, there it says, this armor is an armor of light. Let us walk properly in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness. In other words, don't be distracted. Not in lewdness, not in lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So there we're saying when we're putting on the armor of God, we're really putting on Jesus Christ. Romans 13, 12 to 14. Yes, when we put on the armor, when we put on Jesus, we're also putting on the armor. We are to be fully armored up with no opening for our head, feet, heart, or stomach, ear, eye, or tongue, so as not to give the enemy one opening. We are putting on Jesus. And I talk, told you about my dream and Saul trying to give David his armor. We got to put on that uh, Jesus Christ, right, in, on our life, of God. That is, it's the armor of God, not our own strength, but solely from God, or else we will be falling in that day. Psalm 35, 1-3. Plead my cause, O Lord, and those who strive with me. Fight against those who fight me. Take hold of my shield and buckler, and stand up for my help. Yes. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for the pulling down of strongholds. Yes, we're armoring up. We're going to pull down the strongholds of the enemy. Yes, we are. Wiles. Put on, uh, let me see where, what verse that is. Stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 11. Wiles are schemes sought out for the purpose of deceiving. Methodical devices. We must have God's power to stand against these wiles, these subtle lies that might come. It's not always just a powerful you know, frontal assault, but sometimes the enemy tries to go around the rear, does he not? Uh, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
All right. Let's go to the next verse. This really applies right in here. For we wrestle not, or we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let's break that down again, again a bit, or this verse. We do not wrestle. The Greek would say, for our wrestling, the wrestling in which we are engaged, is not against the flesh. That's what the Greek says. For our wrestling, the wrestling we are called to engage in, engage in today, is not against the flesh. The real power with whom we war is the satanic and demonic realm. Wrestling implies contact. It's a contact sport or a contact war, a hand-to-hand -hand or foot-to-foot -foot struggle for mastery. Powers. Um, let me see. Uh, against principalities, against powers. Let's have a cross-reference or two for that. Ephesians 1.21. Far above all, this is Jesus Christ, this is where he's put us, we are far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And it's talking about Jesus. He's in that position, but we are too. Colossians 1.16. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. See, that's showing forth his power. We're going on with power, some more verses. For I am persuaded, Romans 8.28, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, what? Will be able to stand against me. That's what Paul was saying in that last uh, portion of Romans 8. 1 Corinthians 15.24, Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God, when he puts to an end all rule and all authority and power, right? Ephesians 3.10, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. See, we're making it loud. We're making it louder. That's what manifold, when we're talking about in the Greek, to make it louder, to make it larger. Um, known by the church, the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. We're warring in the spirit against demonic forces, making the kingdom of God and the word of God and his uh, efficacious might Louder, uh, make it overcoming. That's what we're doing. Make it louder. Manifold wisdom might be known in heavenly places. That's what we're called to do. Our warfare is, is not in the flesh. It's in the heavenlies. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumph, triumphing over them in it. We're talking about... Uh, the power of God, standing up today, putting on his armor in the correct order, which we'll get into next week and the week beyond maybe, how to do that so we can stand correctly and fight in that efficacious power of his might, okay? The rulers of darkness are, are meaning in Greek the age or course of this, ruler, of this world. The rulers of darkness are the rulers of this age or the course of this world. Uh, let's see, and there's a, there's a number of <clears throat> cross-references here I have. We know, 1 John 5, 19, that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. See, that's the course 
of this world or this of this age. The rulers of darkness have rule over it. He has delivered us from a power of darkness and conveyed us. See, we've been taken out of that kingdom into the kingdom of the love of his own son. Colossians 1.13. John 12.31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. See, it's saying that right now the enemy, Satan, is the ruler of this world. John 14.30, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. And In other words, the enemy was coming. The devil was coming to tempt Jesus, and he has nothing in me. A lot of verses. Okay. Luke 22.53, when I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me. It's talking to the scribes and Pharisees who were really under the power of, of the age and course of this world, the rulers of darkness, but this is the hour and the power of darkness. In other words, they were they were going to try to take Jesus out, which they thought they did, but we know how that turned out. Spiritual wickedness or spiritual hosts of wickedness. The Greek is peroria, peroria, which means an active evil. Well, that's a really powerful picture, an active evil. Isn't that what we're seeing today, an active evil in the world? Wow, it's, it's, it's not just here a little and there a little. It's, they're doing their thing 24-7. That's why actively doing evil everywhere you turn, anytime you seem to turn on the radio or the TV, if you listen to any news, there always seems to be some Evil, active evil story that's being told about somebody shot somebody, somebody robbed somebody, somebody beat up somebody, or somebody abused somebody. We know that. But that's why we need to put on God's armor and stand to fight in this hour. We need to have his efficacious power uh, come up out of us as his soldiers. Heavenly places in the Greek um, is where the spiritual warfare is noted. Mm. Heavenly places is where spiritual warfare takes place. Uh, let's read about it. Job 1, 6, and 7. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, from walking back and forth on it. Remember that scripture that says, he, he prowls a lot about like a roaring lion. See, that's what he was doing. He was looking to probably get into, yeah, and that's where the story of Job started. All the trials he brought that family, uh, right, wiped that family out, tried to take Job out. He was going back and forth on the earth looking for somewhere to get in and to do active evil, right? Uh, that's what we're talking about. Revelation 12, 9, and 10. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil. This is at the end of the world, the end of the age when Jesus returns. And Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and the angels were cast out with him. Then I heard, verse 10 of Revelation 12, a voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have, have now come. For the accuser of our brethren, that's the devil there, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. It's finally been taken out at the end of the age. Let's go to verse 13, and we'll be done today. Like I said, this is a very rich store, uh, um, story or uh, presentation that are in these scriptures. A lot of good meat in here, and we don't want to miss it. So we're going to be back here for 
um, maybe another couple weeks. But we're only going through first, uh, verse 13 today, I believe. Uh, let's look at verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. We talked about that. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Then I like the first part of verse 14. Stand, therefore. You know, put on the armor of God and stand. Stand, therefore. Uh, Ephesians 6, 13, Paul reiterates, take up the whole armor of God. The point as Christians is we are in a spiritual battle, a perpetual, continual war. God has provided armor and weapons for us if we will pick them up if we will be vigilant, if we will put them on in the proper order. We may need to make sure we have trained as well uh, as good soldiers. We're well trained that we're putting on the armor correctly. Uh, <clears throat> Revelation 3.10, as a cross-reference, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which will come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Uh, this is talking about the end of time, end time events. I'm not going to get into all the eschatology here, but this is a good scripture here. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will keep you from the hour trial. When we look at that, that doesn't mean he'll necessarily take us out of it, but in the battle, in the heat of the battle, when we're fighting the enemy, he's going to help us persevere. He's going to keep us. That's the way I read that. Isaiah 59, 19, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory rising of the sun, rising from the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, yes, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will lift up a standard against him. Let's read that again. When the enemy comes in, what? Like a flood. And you know what a flood will do. It just overcomes everything. There's nothing more powerful than floodwaters, right? The Spirit of the Lord will lift up. Stand up, Christian soldier. Stand up. Put on the armor of God. You're that standard to stand against Him. You've been given that efficacious power and might today. Psalm 144.1, Blessed is the Lord my strength, who teacheth, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Yes, that's what he's doing in this hour. He's calling out an army to fight for him, to stand, and stand therefore with the armor on in the proper way. Let's read this again, uh, this portion. It's so powerful. And then I will be done for today, and we'll come back to Ephesians 6 the next time and go further from 14 on. But let's read this. Finally, be constantly, yes, 24-7, strengthened in the Lord, and in the active efficacy, in the active, what did we say, the ability and capacity and power. Be, be, be strengthened in that power that he's given you to defeat the enemy uh, of the might that is inherent in him. Clothe yourselves with the armor of God to the end that you will be able to hold your ground against the stratagems of the devil, because our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, yes, but against the principalities, against the authorities, against the world, world rulers of this darkness, against spiritual forces of perniciousness in the heavenly places. Again, it's not on this earth. It's not in the flesh. It's in heavenly places. On this account, take to yourself 
at once and for all, and once for all, take to yourself at once and once and for all, do it one time, uh, the complete armor of God, in order that you may be able to resist in that day, the pernicious day, and having achieved all things to stand, to things to stand, stand therefore. Let's stop there. Stand therefore, mighty warrior of God, mighty son and daughter of God, warrior and warrioresses, stand therefore in the efficacious ability, capacity, power, and might that will destroy the enemy. Stand therefore. That you're, I'm, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you to war today. That's my call to action. I, I, I preached a message a, a, a long time ago about how to defeat um, a lion on a snowy day in a ditch. A lot of spiritual word pictures there. And the idea of that whole message was calling out the army of God. That uh, One of the word pictures was just like the Spartans. When they would go to war, they were the war faction of the Greek nation. The, the leaders, uh, two or three of them, would come around to the various villages where these men were, and they would beat on a shield, and they would say, it's time to stand. The enemy's afoot. A, a the enemy's come against us, and I'm beating on my shield. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out to war because that's what you're called to do. You know, and that's what we're called to do in this hour. We are called as men and women of God to stand up as warrior and warrioress soldiers of the faith, as a warrior bride, as it were, to take out the pernicious enemy forces. That's you, my friend. He's provided that armor for you today. And we're going to find out more about how to exactly put that on and be prepared to fight in the next week or two. God bless you. Lord, give us your efficacious might and power and ability to stand against the enemy that might be all around us, whatever's coming against those that listen today, tomorrow, and in the future, in their community, on their job, even in their family. Lord, let them see that just like I had that vision of putting on the armor, they can put on that special suit of armor that you provided for them, and they can stand and stand, therefore, in that day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, my friends, for coming and listening to the Kingdom Corner podcast. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on the Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Guybe. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.